Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Here's Pastor Mark Pearl. Enjoy the message. This morning I'm going to the uh, Gospel of John, chapter 10. We're going to look at a familiar scripture, but it's a good one. John chapter 10. John chapter 10. What am I going to talk about? Well, I'm going to talk about, uh, and probably not get done today, but we got next Sunday or Wednesday night, you know, whatever the case may be, however the Lord would lead. But I'm going to talk about beating the discourager. Have you ever woke up one day and you just thought, I'm just too encouraged. <laughs> and, and I just hope that nobody tries to encourage me today because I can't take anymore. Has, has anybody ever had that to happen? Because if you have, I want to know what you're drinking. <laughs> Never have had that happen, right? <laughs> we can always use more encouragement, right? <clears throat> I said, right? And so I want to talk about this this morning. Let's go to John chapter 10. We're going to read one verse there. In John 10, verse 10, Jesus said, The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So we know what he's after, right? Jesus said that I have come that they, that'd be you and me, right, might have life. Now, like the Amplified Bible says, uh, have and enjoy life. God wants us to enjoy life. Not when we get to heaven. That's no problem. Right now. Enjoying life in heaven is not going to be an issue. Amen. If we might have, that I've come that they might have and enjoy life, that they might have it more abundantly. Once again, the Amplified Bible says that they might have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. God's an overflower. Amen. And uh, so, I, you know, one, I was listening to uh, a guy years ago, and he made a point here, and I never had thought about it, but I thought, that, that's good. Where Jesus said, I've come that they might have life, comma, and that they might have it more abundantly. He said a lot of, lot of, the, lot of people, they need to, let's just say a lot of God's people, they need to cross the comma. When they got born again, they got something called life. But there's a comma, and on the other side of the comma is more abundantly. Not just saved, but saved abundantly. Hallelujah. There's a difference between being saved and saved abundantly. I want abundantly. Don't you? I mean, if the Lord provided, why not have it? Now, you know, uh, Satan comes to us in different ways. He comes as a tempter. He comes as a deceiver. He comes as an accuser. You know, he'll beat you up if you let him. He'll tell you every reason why you're not perfect. And he certainly has no reason. No, he has has no, uh, (laughs) I don't know what I'm trying to say here. (laughs) I know what I'm trying to say. I just, my lips, my tongue don't know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) He has no, he hasn't any place to accuse us. Talk about a loser. He's a loser. Amen. Someone, uh, someone said one time, if the devil reminds you of your past, just remind him of his future. Amen. So he comes as an accuser. He comes as a doubt sower. Doesn't he? But he also comes as a discourager. That's what part of this kill, steal, and destroy. See? And, and we have to learn to beat him in all these areas. Uh, you have to beat the tempter. I mean, Jesus beat him for, for you, but you have to appropriate that victory, right? Amen. I said, amen. You know, uh, uh, you know, faith, you know, sometimes we say faith moves God. I understand what we're saying, but did you know God's already moved? Faith receives what God has already done. Amen. It doesn't cause God to do anything. He's ready to do it anyway. But it just receives from Him what He's done. Amen. 
And so we have to beat the tempter. We have to beat the deceiver. We have to beat, you know, we have to beat the accuser of the brethren. We have to beat the doubt sower. We have to meet the discourager because I'm telling you, he tries to discourage all of us. Amen. Everybody faces, even the apostle Paul faced it. The reason I know he did uh, is because in Acts, I think it's 23, 11, he's in prison. He's been, he has been arrested. And uh, the Lord appeared to him and said, be of good cheer, Paul. <laughs> uh, you'd think God changed my circumstances, but God said, be of good cheer right where you're at. Be of good cheer. As you have you've testified of me here in Jerusalem, you must testify of me at Rome. So the Lord came and cheered him up. I, I, was, I, I thought one day, you know, I'm reading all this about all the times that God said to Joshua, be strong and of a good courage. Several times. And then before God said it to him, God told Moses twice. He said, you encourage Joshua. And I thought, Joshua must have been prone to discouragement or else God wouldn't be saying this. And so I'm thinking if these great people are prone to it, then probably all of us are. That's right. Amen. Amen. Uh, you know... Uh, the guy who founded Chick-fil-A, uh, Mr. Uh, Kathy, he said this one time. I thought this was really good. He said, how do you tell if someone needs encouragement? He went on to say, if they are breathing. <laughs> I thought, well, that's, that says it, right? <laughs> because all of us face temptation. All of us face the doubt sower. All of us face the accuser of the brethren, right? All of us face the tempter. We all face these different ways Satan comes, but every one of us also faced a discourager. I really appreciated Pastor Michael's message Wednesday night. That was so rich. I got fed to the full now. But he said something, and I thought, you know, people need to know that. Ministers need to know that. Uh, he talked about how one day... And I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back, okay? I'm just saying this because it fits in the message. But he was talking about how one day I really encouraged him. And I remember the day. I remember I was at his church. I think I was going to preach for him. And I was at his church, and we were in the back room. And he began talking about the difficulties and the troubles he was facing in his ministry and in his church. And he began to tell me about it. And he felt like a failure, that's the way the devil tries to make you feel. That's never the Holy Ghost. Did you know, now don't let me forget about this Pastor Michael's story, all right? I'm holding you responsible. If, if, if it doesn't get on the recording, I'm going to blame you. <laughs> okay? But I'm thinking about something that came in my mind because just like the devil is a discourager, the Holy Spirit is an encourager. He's called the comforter. Amen? And... Interesting enough, if you do a deep enough word study on the word comforter, one of the meanings of that word is to speak cheerfully to. To speak cheerfully to. Well, comforter, what's a comfort? Comforts you. How I many you know you, uh, you? Is anybody is anybody even close to being as old as Brother Kenny in here? Brother Greg. Well, I just want to talk to some people to understand what I'm talking about, okay? But I remember, I remember staying at my grandparents' house, and, and you had two, uh, they weren't really pot belly, but, but kind of just round stoves like that. You had one in the living room, and you had one in the dining room. You had no heat. We didn't, you didn't have an inside bathroom. It was... You walked the planks out to the back, and they had a two-seater. I never have figured out why you have it. Well, I finally did. Someone told me how, why. I won't explain it, but I thought, why would you have a two-seater outhouse? This is an experience nobody wants to share. And then somebody explained, well, when one gets full, you got the other one until you clean the other one out. So anyway. Well, lunch is a little ways off, so we're all right. But we, but we had those two stoves now, and I'm telling you now, honestly, in, in the middle of the night, if you had water in there, it could get a film of ice on it. 
because that heat didn't get in there. You would bank the fire, you'd bank the coal of the night to keep it from going out and keep a little bit of heat. But uh, you appreciated something called a comforter. Anybody know what that is? That was a real heavy blanket, you know, and you'd put that thing on you, get underneath there, and you could stay warm that way. you just keep that thing on you. Well, that's the Holy Ghost, amen? He's our comforter. He comes on our lives to encourage us. Amen. Discouragement, and that voice is never God telling you you're a failure. It's always the devil. So, what was I talking about before this? All right, Pastor Michael. So I'm back in this back room with Pastor Michael, and, and he starts talking to me, and he tells me about, you know, the things that he's facing in his ministry and his church. And, uh, um, and you know, the devil tried to make you feel like a failure, right? You know, when I first started this church, on some Sunday mornings, you know, we had, a lot, we had less chairs then. And some Sunday mornings, they'd be a good crowd. Some Sunday mornings, they wouldn't. I'd go up and down, up and down. And then one day, the Lord told me, He said, uh, why don't you just shepherd what shows up? I thought, why well, do that? Because here we are all these years later, and it still does the same thing. One Sunday morning, it's full. The next Sunday morning, it's half full. And you can't live like, like, like that. And so anyway, he, uh, he, he began to talk to me and he began to, you know, say, you know, I'm experiencing this and this and, and um, you know, he felt like a failure, you know, that's the way the devil make you feel. And I told him, I said, Pastor, all of us have the same issues. And he's basically like, you're kidding. You mean you and Miss Phyllis have these same issues? Tested? I said, everybody that pastors a church does. People are people. Problems are problems. Issues are issues. We all have them. But the devil will tell you you're the only one. Won't he? And it, it, I don't know. Phyllis thinks this is a little morbid. But it always helps me to know somebody else has got trouble just like me. <laughs> she doesn't think that's a good thing. But anyway, I don't know. In some way that just comforts me to know that I'm not so stupid after all. Right? I, I didn't invent stupid. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, that's the way the devil tried. To, I mean, you know, that's the way the devil tried to make you feel. He tried to make you feel like, you know, it's you. You're, you're, just, a, you're just a mess, you know. <laughs> but Peter said to him, said, all your brethren in the world are suffering the same testings and trials. They're all doing it. You're not alone. Amen. There's nothing wrong with you. Matter of fact, somebody said one time, if you never met the devil, maybe you're going the same direction. Amen. Never have any testings and trials. All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You're not getting any persecution. You might want to check your level of godliness out. Are you salty enough to sting somebody? Amen. And so we have to know that all of us, uh, and I appreciate Pastor Michael just being honest. He was so funny and so honest about the things in his life and his own issues and how he lost his own cool. And Phyllis and I, Phyllis, I, I just can't imagine. He's such a nice person. He's so, he's so calm and so, but you know, we all got flesh. Amen. That we have to keep under control. And our flesh, our flesh loves, your flesh loves pity. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Is yours any different than mine? You know what I'm saying? I'm a man of faith. I'm a man of, of positive confession. But if I feel better, just feel like I wish somebody knew about it. I don't want to talk unbelief, but I just wish somebody knew about it. Somebody pick it up in the spirit. Amen. And you know, the thing about pity parties is nobody comes. You have this party, you got it all set up, and nobody shows up but you. I remember one day coming down from my study, and uh, we had the grandkids over at the house. They might have been staying with us. Uh, and one of them, the drama queen, one, was sitting in a chair in the living room, all dejected, 
all down. Phyllis and the older one are outside having fun, playing, doing things, and she's sitting in there all dejected. I said, what's wrong? She said, I don't feel like part of the family. I said, well, come on, let's go. I'll, I'll make you feel like part of the family. We went outside and had fun. That's the way the devil is, you know, right? Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I was going through this. I've had people like that. I, I was sick, Pastor, for three days. and You know, nobody called me. Nobody checked on me. Well, nobody knew it. Yeah. <laughs> right? right? What did the Bible say do? Call. Right? And uh, I've heard people say, like, there's, there's no love in this church. Like what Dr. Barkley said to one lady in East Church. She said, she said, there's just no love in this church, Pastor. And he said, you know, she was one of the biggest troublemakers in the church. Older lady said, she's a grumpy all the time. He said, the fact we let you stay proves we will have love in this church. <laughs> I think she still goes there. Amen. <laughs> I think sometimes we forget people are fighting their own battles. And yes, we should encourage one another. And yes, we should be watchful. But at the same time, we've got to remember, people are fighting their own battles sometimes. They're just, they're just fighting, and so they're not thinking about you. We should be, but we're not always. Right? Amen. Amen. And uh, Well, let's go to Matthew chapter 16. Come on, you get anything today? Matthew chapter 16. I just want to just talk to you about beating the discourager. Uh, you know, we know about beating the tempter. We know about, you know, I've even preached on the doubt sower, how he sows doubt, and how he did that in the beginning in Genesis chapter 3. Um, with Adam and Eve, hath God said, or he did with Eve, hath God said. Uh, we, we, we've talked about the accuser before. We've, we've talked about the tempter, the deceiver. Uh, but he's also a discourager. And he wants to discourage you. Amen. Amen. And so uh, let's look in Matthew chapter 16. Go to verse 21. In verse 21 it says, And from that time forth began Jesus to show unto His disciples uh, how that He must go to, unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and, and be killed and be raised again the third day. Now, uh, it says from that, that time He began to show. In other words, he, he did this more than once. He, he kept trying to let his disciples know that this was coming, see. Uh, in verse 22, Peter took him and began to rebuke him. Now, you've you got to know that's just not smart. But leave it to Peter. Amen. Should have been a show. Leave it to Peter. Because he would always be the one, stick his foot in his mouth, do something dumb. Uh, but thank God for Peter, right? Amen. You know, God is so good. He's so merciful. It's like, you know, Peter denied him three times. And then when Jesus was raised from the dead, he, he, told, he told Mary and those, the, other, the other lady, he said, go tell my disciples and Peter that I want to appear to them in, in Jerusalem. He specifically wanted Peter to know, you're still one of mine. You know, you're still one of mine. Amen. How, that, he was thinking about Peter. What he, he, he knew Peter must feel pretty discouraged because Peter really felt bad. He went out and wept. You know, he made a mistake and he blew it. He felt bad and he wept. And Jesus knew all this. He knew that Peter was a good person. He just blew it, you know. He just blew it that day. Anybody ever had a... <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say it that way. Anybody ever had a day you blown it? I'm not talking about a time you blown it. You blew the whole day. I had one of those two or three weeks ago. I was like, I know I didn't get into a bunch of sin. <laughs> Don't look at me like it. But it just wasn't a very spiritual day for me. I thought, man, this whole day, it was on a Monday too. This whole, I blew this whole day. Thank God Tuesday cometh. Amen. Amen. But anyway, and you know, Jesus was so, it was so, it's so great. When you really think about what he did, Jesus, Jesus paid attention to details, you know, and the Spirit of God in him knew the details. And so, you know, when he finally... You know, he, he's, he goes to Peter. Peter just gets, de he, Peter gets de dejected. He gets depressed. 
Really. See, when, when Jesus, you know, left, you know, and he's been gone, Peter, Peter, you got you to understand this is more than just uh, a passing thing. Peter said to the disciples, let's go fishing. I go fishing. That's the way King John, I go fishing. They said, we're going with you. Now, what did he mean by that? That was his job. I'm going back to work. That's what he was saying. He said, I, you know, Jesus came. We had a great three years in ministry. He's gone. Now what? I'm going back to work. So he, he went back to work. Now, Jesus knows where they're at. When he appears, he goes to where they're at, right? They're out there fishing. He goes, hey, you caught anything? No, we hadn't caught a thing. He said, well, cast your net on the right side of the boat. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, uh, you know, and he's out there. He's, he's cooking. He's cooking. I think I got two stories going at the same time, like Pastor Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that ought to encourage you that you, you had J. Iris, and I don't know who all touching the hem of Jesus coming. Woman with the issue of blood and Noah or somebody. <laughs> They're all in the same Bible. <laughs> oh, that was funny that night. He had them all, man. There, <laughs> Mark chapter five. Now I got I got two stories going once, but anyway, <laughs> Jesus, he comes to the shore. They're out there fishing, and 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 uh, Jesus goes, "You hey, you got anything to eat?" And Peter goes, it's the Lord. And so he had his shirt off, you know, put his garment back on him and swam. He didn't even wait for the boat. He swam in there. Here's the thing. When he got there, Jesus had a coal of fires, a fire of coals. <laughs> fire of coals burning with some fish on it. Now, that was significant. How many of them smells? bring back stuff, don't they? Oh, right. Don't they? Right? right? Yes. Smells trigger memories, right? Yeah. Peter denied Jesus. He was warming himself by a coal, a fire of coals. Coal of... Fire of coals. I don't know why. I'm going to say coal of fires, but anyway. <laughs> He's warming himself by that. You know what? Uh, when Peter smelt that, that brought back that memory. Uh-oh, that's where I denied the Lord. Now, what did Jesus do? He said, Peter, do you love me? He said, yeah, Lord, you know I love you. He said, feed my sheep. He goes a little bit again, Peter, do you love me? Yeah, Lord, you, you know I love you. He said, uh, feed my sheep. Third time, he said, Peter, do you love me? Peter got aggravated. He said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Feed my sheep. What did he do? Peter denied him three times. He had him to acknowledge him three times. He was saying to Peter, it's all gone. Forget it, buddy. Hallelujah. We're good to go. Amen. He was just encouraging Peter is all he was doing. Amen. Now, Peter, we got all that out of Peter rebuked Jesus, which is not a good thing to do. Verse 22, then Peter took him aside. He began to rebuke him and, and saying, uh, be it far from the Lord, this shall not be unto thee. Now, where Peter said, in the, and I'm reading now the old King James this morning, where Peter said, be it far from thee, Lord, my cross-reference says, uh, pity yourself. Pity yourself. In other words, there is, Peter said, you know, Jesus talked about uh, how he's going to suffer. And Peter said, be it far from you, Lord. Pity yourself. In other words, in other words now, now look what, let, let me say this. Let's, let's just read verse 23. And he turned, Jesus turned and said unto Peter, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense unto me, for you savor, or you are not mindful of the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Now, what was Jesus saying? Well, he recognized that as the voice of the devil. Satan. He wasn't calling Peter Satan. He recognized Peter had yielded to the wrong voice. And what, what's, what's being done here? Well, the devil's trying to get Jesus discouraged. 
I mean, here you are. Here you are, a man that's done nothing but good. You've gone about doing good, healing all that are oppressed of the devil. You've, you've done nothing but help people and bless people. And now they're going to turn on you? Pity yourself. Feel sorry for yourself. And Jesus recognized, he said, he said, get behind me, Satan. You're not bringing that discouragement on me. See, even the, the prophet Isaiah said, he will not fail nor be discouraged till he completes his job. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, you know, <laughs> uh, listen, this was the devil speaking. Jesus recognized. Did you know the devil speaks? Jesus said he did. He said when he speaks a lie, he speaks of himself, for he's a liar and the father of it. So he speaks to us. Now, how does he speak to us? Well, I've never heard the audible voice of the devil, and guess what? I don't ever want to hear it. But he speaks through thoughts, suggestions, right? Circumstances, different ways he tries to speak to us. And, it's, uh, and, and the Lord s said this. Uh, he, he began to deal with me about this years ago. Um, if, you're, if you're old enough, you will remember that, especially in the 80s, it was real popular to have what was called Tape of the Month Club. Does anybody remember those? Now, ministers had those Tape of the Month Clubs. I, I, I still mail out. I don't have Tape of the Month any longer, but CD of the Month. And, uh, and that's antiquated itself right there. But uh, that's antique. But, you know, uh, I'm slow to change. Amen. So, you know, I remember when I, would do, when I had my radio program on for years, I would just do it myself. I would just sit in front of a tape recorder, had my own cassette tape, get it all done. It's the, it sounded good. Send it off. And then one day, they said, you can't do that any longer. You either got to do it by CD or you got to do it online. I thought, I'm done. From now on, all I do is preach. Somebody else puts the radio program together. All right? That's as far as I'm going with my technology. All right? You got it? You move on from cassettes, you lost me. All right? So that's it. So somebody in the church <laughs> began to do my radio program for me. I still preached it, but they put it together and they just send it online to the couple of stations, I think one here in Evansville and one in Louisville, and they would send it online to the stations, and that was good enough. And I, that's that's far as, uh, honestly, I'd probably go, go back on the radio right now, except I, I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to have to learn how to do it. Well, you're looking at me like that, like, you, you, you got to grow up, Pastor. I don't want to. Leave me alone. Now, anyway... Uh, I always liked radio. I always just did. I just went off because we were going through some, experiencing some tough times, and so we were cutting everything, and finally radio got cut. And, uh, but my, my point, uh, what was I after? I was after something. My point is, you know, the, the ministers had what they call tape of the month club. In other words, every month they, they'd mail you the, a message that they preached, you know. And uh, the Lord, he said to this to me, I'll never forget this. This was many years ago. He said, you need to get off the devil's tape of the month club. He said he sends out the same message every month, and it's always on discouragement. I'm telling you, it, you can you, don't look at me like that. It lit a revelation inside of me because I realized I was going through discouragement, bouts of discouragement, not, de, not depression, but discouragement. You know, it wouldn't, it, it, I'd just get discouraged over something. And then I'd be all right. But, but it just kept happening. And the Lord said, you need to get off the devil's tape of the month club. He sends the same message out. Twelve ways to be discouraged. Reasons you should be discouraged. Good reasons you should be discouraged. Why is it so quiet? Are you guys still on his, you still on his mailing list? You know, <laughs> you know, 12 habits of a highly dysfunctional family. You've got them all. 
I mean, he's got all kinds of titles that will just rip the joy right out of you if you listen to it. And the Lord said, you need to get off the Devil's Tape of the Month Club. Quit receiving mailings from him. Amen. Right? I mean, anytime you see the package and it says, Hell Ministries Incorporated, don't accept it. Don't accept it. Just refuse it. Because you know what it's going to be. Amen? Hallelujah. Say amen, somebody. Get, let's, uh, <laughs> let's go to Numbers chapter 21. Numbers 21. We'll see if we can get through this today. I won't keep you a whole lot longer, but we're going to pray for some people this morning if we need it. Numbers 21, you're there. We got to beat the discourager. If we don't, you know, he, he'll keep you from being effective. He'll keep you from being effective. Numbers 21, verse 4, the Bible says, and this is talking about Israel, they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged. Uh, the King James says, because of the way or in the way. See, it was the, the way. The way caused, caused them to be discouraged. And Now listen to this. Now, when you, when you get discouraged, one of the things you have to do is learn to keep your mouth shut. Right? You know, Pastor Michael talked about that when he was here Wednesday night, about there, there's times to just keep your mouth shut. And he, knows, he knew there's times to just keep your mouth shut. Because if I say anything now, it's not going to be edifying. Amen. I mean, that's one of the things you have to learn in marriage is when to talk and when to shut up. Is that right? You don't say everything you think. The lady in this church, she doesn't go here any longer. She told me, she said, I just say what's ever on my mind. I said, well, that's what a fool does. Yeah. Well, that's what the scripture says. A fool vents all that's on his mind. That's Proverbs. <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying. I don't want to hear everything on everybody's mind, do you? You know? Well, and there, I, wanna, I don't even want to hear everything's on my mind let alone yours, because there's things that, that go through your mind you don't need to say. Amen. I mean, you want to, you know what I'm saying? You want to bark, but you know you shouldn't bark. Remember Buster, the dog that I've told you about Buster over the years? Phyllis and I, we used to go see this, uh, this lady, uh, elderly lady, and we would, we would go visit her, minister to her, you know, she was one of our partners. And uh, we'd go see her every now and then. And she lived in this, uh, she moved to this, what was it called? What was it? it was kind of a senior living place, but she had her own apartment. But you, could, you couldn't have animals. And she had a little dog, little, I think it was a pug dog, you know, a little dog named Buster, you know. And she loved Buster, you know what I'm saying? And so it was like, she basically told me, I, 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 I got to have Buster. And they finally gave in to her and said, okay, you can have Buster, but he can't bark. And she had trained Buster not to bark. You know, little dogs like that, they like to yap, you know. And so Phyllis and I would walk up. She had like a long sidewalk going up to her, and she had a screen door. And Buster would jump up on that door, put his paws on the door, and he'd want to bark so bad. He'd be going, mm, 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 mm. But she'd go, Buster, don't bark. Buster, don't bark. Well, we have to train ourselves not to bark sometimes. Right? Because if we do, because a lot of people don't think it matters what you say, but I'm telling you, it does matter what you say. You need to get Wednesday night's message and listen to it, man. It matters what we say, and we have to watch what we say. And really, one of the things that you really got to watch is what you say when trouble first hits. You got to say the right things and say what the Word says. Amen? Now, in Numbers, verse 5, it says, And the people spake against God and against Moses. I don't know why it is when people get discouraged, sometimes God gets it and I get it. Wherefore, have you brought... Uh, that, that's not true. I don't, you guys don't bother me like that. But it happens that way to a lot of pastors. So. Wherefore, have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathes... Listen, as the King James says, light bread. The, 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 the New King James says, worthless bread. How could you call man a worthless bread? 
You get so discouraged, you say things out of your mouth that you shouldn't say. Like, why did you bring us out in the wilderness? Sure, Moses went through all that mess. He went through all that trouble, all that dealing with Pharaoh to get you out there in the wilderness so he could kill you. Great. You say things that don't make sense. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much of the people of Israel died. Wherefore, therefore, the Lord, therefore, the people came to Moses and said, Hey, we have sinned, for we've spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray unto the Lord that He take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed and, and uh, prayed for the people. And listen to what the Lord said now. Listen, this is what I want to get to. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole, and it shall be that it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looks upon it, or that word looks means to gaze at it, he shall live. Moses made a serpent of brass, he put it upon a pole, and it came to pass if a serpent had bitten any man when he beheld, or he looked intently at the serpent of brass, he lived. <clears throat> I want you to know this now. I want, to, I want to teach from this just a little bit before I let you go. Uh, <clears throat> I want you to know this now. <clears throat> that these people, the only way to overcome these serpents was to look at the right thing. Right. See, that serpent of brass, according to Jesus, was a representation of himself on the cross bearing the curse. He said, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And so it was a type. You say, why would it be a serpent? Well, it's, it's a serpent because Jesus was bearing the curse that the serpent caused. See, and so you got to look at the right places. Life, you got to focus on Jesus, not on your circumstances, not on life. Amen. I said, Amen. You have to look at the right place. You got to look at the right things, and when you do that, uh, then uh, then you then you live. See, when when the serpent of discouragement bites you. You, you got to be, you, you can't just look at the way. See, they were discouraged because of the way. You can't look at the way. You got to look at Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I've, I've quoted this many times, but I love this quote from Wigglesworth. Uh, I don't think I have it written down. But anyway, this is close to it. He said, You can never pray the prayer of faith looking at the person who needs it. There's only one place to look, and that's to Jesus. And I thought about that over the years when I went to pray for people because I, you know, I've seen people in such bad shape that if you looked at them, all the faith just drained out of you. You have to look to Jesus because He can fix anything. I said, He can fix anything. He's a master fixer, amen? I said, He's a master fixer. Amen. Can we look at one more... Two more scriptures real quickly. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. And I'm going to finish this out today. Is that all, is that all right? Yes. Ephesians chapter 6. I haven't even been going 40 minutes yet. Ephesians chapter 6. Go there. It's just because I'm so close to the, to the end of what I want to say here that I want to bring it out. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 says this. You there? Yes. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. In other words... We're to stay strong in Him. Amen. Now, I noticed this about my life. I, I'm like you. I'm like everybody else. I face discouragement. I, I, I try not to show it. I don't come to church with my lip dragging the carpet. Amen. And, and I, I'm, not, I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying I, I try not to show it. I try to be the same, uh, you know, all the time. I'm not, not always perfect at it. But one, I, I thought about this. You know, now, I thought, well, you know, I will face discouragement, but it only lasts a day or two. And I thought, why? Well, I thought about it because I keep myself strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. You remember when David uh, was... Uh, Facing discouragement, you know, they, the, the town he was from, he, all, everybody in it, his wives had been taken captive. All the children of the town had been burnt to the ground. He comes back and all, he's got these mighty men with him. You know what I'm saying? These are mighty men. 
I mean, these are men that you don't want to, you know, you don't want to mess with, right? I mean, one of them killed 800 people. Can you imagine that? One guy defends a bean patch with a sword in his hand. He kills 800. That's a hoss. Right? I mean, these are, these, these are my men. So, and they're all upset because David, David's take, he's taking them to, to fight not against the Philistines, but with the Philistines, which were their enemies to start with. But David was living in the, country, the land of the Philistines at the time because Saul chased him. So he takes them, and they're going to help the Philistines fight, you know. And the Philistines say, hey, 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 hey. No, the, 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 the lords of the Philistines say, said, no way, no way. This David, he's a mighty man. If he turns against us in war, they'll kill us. You tell him to get back home. And when they get back home, it's about a three-day journey, they're, they're, the Amalekites have raided their city and burned it with fire and taken everybody in it. And so all the people, says they lifted up their voices until they had no more power to weep. And then they spoke of stoning David. Let's just stone the pastor. I like what the Bible says. It says, David encouraged himself in the Lord. Who encouraged him? David did. See, literally, it comes down to this. Nobody can, nobody can encourage you, uh, you know, unless you want to be encouraged. You have to make the choice. Ultimately, it's up to you to keep yourself encouraged in the Lord. Amen? Now, look at Acts chapter 27. Let's go there, Acts 27. This is our final scripture today. And then we're going to pray for some people that might need a little help. Acts chapter 27, go there. <clears throat> Paul said something here, and I want, I want to use it for what I'm going to close with. Acts 27, verse uh, 30. Uh, they're at, Paul and his, uh, Paul's in a ship going to Rome, and the ship's experienced a, a, a hurricane, a Eurachlodon, they call it, a northeastern wind. The ship's in trouble. It's about to break up. It's about to go down. And verse 30 says, And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship, when they had let down the boat into the sea under the collar or pretense as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, Except these abide in the ship, you cannot be saved. Now, I thought about that scripture, and I pulled it out. I thought about it because I thought, you know, if we're going to be saved from the discourager, there's, there's, we need to abide in the ship. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, there's certain, we need to abide. Listen to this. I, I, I have down four areas where we need to abide in the ship. We need to abide in the ship of the Word. The Word of God will encourage you. Matter of fact, your spirit will grow weak without the word. So we need to buy, you know, one of the things the devil tries to get you to do when you're discouraged is to not do the things that you're supposed to do. Is that right? And so I've just recognized that pattern in my life that if I'm discouraged, the devil doesn't want me to do the things that will get me encouraged. Now, I know everybody's different, but I know me. I've located what brings me out of discouragement quicker than anything. I've located it. So this might not be true for you, but it is for me. I've located that if I'm discouraged, what I need is somebody to preach to me. I just need some good old-fashioned Holy Ghost Bible preaching and teaching to feed me and build me up. And time I'm, you know, there's times I've been discouraged over some things. I'll just, you know, because it's so easy to find something now. It's just so easy, man. All of my friends all over America, all my, I've got hundreds of pastor friends now. I can watch any of them on any given Sunday, any given day I want to. They're just, they're all online now. If COVID did anything, it Got us all online preaching the gospel. That's about the only good thing it did. <laughs> and so I just found out that, that I, get, I, get, I get fed, I get built up, I get encouraged. I'll go find somebody to preach to me, okay? I'm going to sit down, I'm going to turn you on, you're going to preach me out of this. Hallelujah. And if you don't do it, I'll find somebody else. There's enough on here, I'm going to find somebody going to preach me out of this. Now, so you got to learn, you got to locate what encourages you. 
Amen. Not, not going in the back bedroom, pulling the shades down, and hiding under the covers. Amen. That's not going to do it. See, you have to, you have to find what. Now, so, now, see, it's up to you. You're, if you want to stay there, you listen to the devil. If you want to get out, you got to have the courage. Everybody say courage. courage. To do things you don't want to do at the time. Amen. Hallelujah. I could preach a while there. Now, number two, you got to stay in the ship of prayer and praise. Jude says you build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. In the area of praise, Isaiah 61.3 said, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, let me tell you, <laughs> the devil doesn't want you to do that. How do you know that? But one of the things that will help you, now listen now, one of the things that will help you is when you come to church and you're discouraged, don't let the devil shut your mouth. Praise God. Matter of fact, you may need to take a lap. And then that'll break off of you. Right? You see? You, you, so you've got to stay in the ship of prayer and praise. You have to say, stay in the ship of the local church. One of the things that happens, because I see this, people get discouraged, then they, 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 you know, the devil, he fights them in this area. So you can't be, uh, you've got to stay in place. See, we're impartations come. See? Now, you know, not every service, listen to me, not every service is a knockdown, drag out, Holy Ghost, blow out. Not every service may be, you, you may come to some services, I can't imagine this, but you may come to some services, you never got anything out of what I said. Can't imagine that, but maybe you, perhaps you did. But did you know, listen to me, listen to me, did you know that if you're faithful, impartations come? See, um, I've preached before, and I thought, man, I'm glad this is over with. Let's go to lunch. No, obviously it's been years ago since that happened, but no. But no, literally, and I've had people come up to me and say, that changed my life. That is exactly what I needed to hear. See, God knows, doesn't he? Right? See, the thing about it, but if, you're, if you just keep coming, uh, something's going to break loose. Amen. The Hebrew says, don't forsake the assembling yourself together as is the manner of some or the, 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 I think it's the Amphite says the habit of some. So you got to watch what habits you get into. It was a custom of Jesus. He went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, every Sabbath. Gather often with God's people. We're to encourage one another to urge forward. Hallelujah. I don't know how many times I've come to church before and I'm fighting something, you know, mentally and get in church, and it gets broken off. So stay in the ship of the local church. Number four, and finally, stay in the ship of walking by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, We walk by faith, not by sight. Listen to this now. This is real important. If you walk by sight, you will always be discouraged. If you walk by faith, you will always be encouraged. Hallelujah. Because sight seldom looks good. Faith always looks good. What is faith? What is faith? Faith's just believing it's going to work out. I don't know how it's going to work out, but it's going to work out. It's going to work out. Somewhere God's going to work it out. That's faith. That's just simple faith. Amen. Did you get anything today? You have to really, you have to really watch this because... You know, I can't think of anything good to say about the devil except he's pretty good at being a devil. He really is. And he's pretty persistent. And I would say there's, there's, if you would go to any church this morning in our city or throughout the world and, and, and you had people to, to be honest how many people are fighting discouragement, church discouragement? You would be surprised at the numbers. You could ask the pastors that, you know what I'm saying? And it's not like sometimes we think, well, it's because I'm, I'm weak spiritually and so forth. No, it's because that's just the devil's job. 
you have to learn to beat him. And you get, once you get good at it, it, it that, that kind of stuff doesn't last long at all. It's, it's more like temptation to sin. You follow what I'm saying? You, you get tempted to, to, to sin and, and you just beat it quickly. Amen. And stay away. Listen now. You love people. You help people. But stay away from down people. How many know if you have a problem with ice cream, what should you you do? Mark said eat it. Mark says just get rid of it so it doesn't bother you any longer. Get rid of that temptation. How many know it can be so bad sometimes you can't even drive by Dairy Queen? I have a friend, he... He, is, he, he, he had to deal with that ice cream thing. Now, I, I don't want to name any names, Greg Davis, but I'm moving. Uh, <laughs> but Brother Greg, man, he had he had, uh, he had an ice cream issue, man. He, he, he liked to eat it by the gallon, you know what I'm talking about? And so he, he I got to do something here. So he bought the single cups, you know, the little, little things. And then Pastor Debbie said, like, he'd eat like two, three, four, five of them, you know. I was like, That's, this ain't working. And I've noticed he's, he, he doesn't keep it like he used to. You know, I've gone over his house. He doesn't have it like he used to. He always had ice cream in his freezer. But that was an issue with him. And when you're trying to lose weight, ice cream's got a lot of calories. Right? And so he, you, you know, and that's the way it is. You've got to stay away from people. Now, I don't mean don't help them. I, I mean, I know you've got family members and things like that, but, I mean, don't, don't, don't hang around those type of people that are just down all the time, you know. And everything, all they want to talk about is how bad things are. Get you some friends that are upbeat. Get you some friends that talk faith. Amen. I mean, you can't choose your relatives, but you can choose your friends. You know, and just... Love your relatives and try to help them best you can and get and leave as soon as you can. <laughs> oh gosh. My relatives really I'm closed anyway. My relatives were always one big, big about how all the you know how how they live good, you know, they, they didn't really need Jesus. They lived good. I'm saying your good works didn't die for you. Jesus died for you. I don't care how good you thought. Besides you didn't live as good as you thought. So we have to watch it. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening.